Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome back to the show. Hi, everybody. We are here from our new studio. Yeah, so if you're on the video version, you can see what the new studio looks like. Almost the same, but a little different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's been exciting. We moved places, didn't we? Yeah. This is a better home. This has been a this is a huge blessing. Cheaper yeah. than our previous place. Yeah. But more rooms. So now we actually have an office. So it's great. Yeah. yeah. The old podcast was an extension of our bedroom. Nobody probably knew that. Except for those people that like to watch our Instagram stories. <laughs> That's true. Because we were definitely transparent about what the house looked like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, thank you for all of you that took the yes. moment to tap the stars. Because that's all it takes is a moment. You tap it, five stars, boom. But it really helps the movement. It uh, does. And it really helps the movement go. Mm -hmm. Also, any comments, if people have left comments, we love that. We read every single one, so we appreciate that. And we haven't talked about this in a little bit, but this is a movement to impact one million parents and their legacies. That's right. So you know that our mission in this courageous parenting ministry is to equip parents, empower parents, encourage yeah. parents, okay? So you got the equip, empower, encourage parents to raise and prepare confident Christian kids for an uncertain world. Yeah. So we want your kids to be confident, courageous, standing firm, but we also want them to be as ready as possible for the uncertain world, which, you know, honestly, we believe that the Bible is our guidebook. guidebook. It is yeah. got all of the wisdom, but we also need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives as parents to help us to connect the dots as to how does this apply to parenting? How does this apply to transforming our lives and our kids' lives? Amen to that. And today we're talking about don't raise modern day Pharisees. That's right. Everybody's probably heard the word Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Probably some of you know what it is, some of you don't, but we'll dive into it. It's an incredibly important topic. We haven't seen this quite put out there in this way. So this should right. be very original, very good, with backed by scripture and helpful for every parent, mm -hmm. no matter how old your kids are, uh, which is super, super important. But also I just wanna you know, encourage you guys as parents, we're gonna be digging deep into our own lives as parents mm -hmm. in regards to the questions that we ask. Some of them may be convicting. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. So if you don't want to grow in your walk with the Lord, then stop listening right now. <laughs> and yeah. if, you, if you don't want your kids to grow with the Lord, stop listening. But if you are one of those people that likes growing, being challenged, then this is going to be probably one of your favorite podcasts. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah, it could be. This is the kind of stuff I like to listen to yeah. because I, I like walking away with some really deep questions that I need to ponder, take to heart, that I can walk around and ask myself randomly and be convicted of when I make those mistakes because yeah. I'm not a perfect parent. And by the way, if you've heard 
news about the parenting mentor program from a friend or something like that. So many people are getting so much wisdom out of it or from through the oh, podcast. Yeah. Just go to CourageousParenting.com. That's home base. The scripture notes, everything's there. Yep. Also information about the, the date of the next program, which is coming up. There's lots of people geared up for that and excited. Lots of parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to give a free workshop. So you can go there too and get the free workshop, uh, which is really cool. Later in this episode, you'll hear from somebody that's been through the program for just a short yeah and it's exciting now that we are in the middle of the third program just the testimonies that are coming out of these families they're actually seeing practical change in the hearts of their kids and their relationships are growing and honestly what it is is that it's because we've created this like culture in the community with other parents where everyone's being proactive in their parenting so of course they're seeing fruit yeah it's exciting let's dive in let's talk about what is a pharisee first of all obviously it's Mm -hmm. in the bible uh but there is a definition and we'll talk about it and then we'll go into we have three major points for you Uh, which, you know, we'll just go over them real quick. What does it take to know God, what to do, and warnings? So what specifically to do with your kids? Right. Really, really practical Mm -hmm. right in the middle of this thing. Yep. And some warnings. We definitely want to get practical with the warnings so that when you are done at the end of this podcast, if you like to take notes, those are the things that you definitely want to take notes on is those action steps, but also the warnings so that you can actually evaluate over time. This is going to be one of those topics you're going to continually reevaluate as parents as your kids are growing up older and talking to your husband and going, hey, listen, do I have any blind spots? Do I act like a hypocrite sometimes? Do I? So here is the actual definition, which is a member of an ancient Jewish sect distinguished by strict observance of traditional and written law. Okay. We're going to go into more than that. Yeah. Uh, because we don't want to be a Pharisee and we don't want our kids to be. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. a lot of kids become Pharisees oftentimes from this ministry family sometimes or people who are leaders or uh, it can be anybody, but we see that happen a lot. And it can also happen to people who are just um, religious in a legalistic kind of way where like they're just going to church every Sunday. Um, We've used that term nominal Christian in our nominal Christianity. And you don't want your child to become a nominal Christian because it's just another term for it's too a, bad a that we have to have different names in front of Christianity. Wouldn't it be mm-hmm. great if, if, if someone said they're a Christian and it's like, wow, yeah, I know that they, they believe in Jesus. They believe in the they, Bible, they, the whole Bible. They believe in the whole Bible <laughs> and they live it out in their lives. They believe and, Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Yeah and, yeah, and they take their faith seriously. It shows up every day in their life. They pray. <laughs> and, and, and they understand they're not perfect and they need a yeah. savior. So, you know, it'd be great if it, we, we we knew when someone says they're mm-hmm. Christian that that's them. But that there was a like-mindedness, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the churches are filled, and we love the church, but a lot of churches are filled with nominal Christians, people that mm-hmm. their lives don't actually look that different and their kids don't really behave that different in the world. And their hearts aren't changed. That's the biggest heartbreaking thing is that like you can tell the Bible. We went over this in the parenting program where we we're talking about discipleship. We have a whole session on discipleship. Mm-hmm. You remember how we define what dis- what it means to be a disciple, what Jesus did yeah. as, as he was um, discipling mm-hmm. his disciples 
in a way and that he's our model for that. And we dig into what that looks like. But the reality is that there isn't a lot of disciple making that's actively happening in the body of Christ on a foundational level where people are being transformed to where their fruit looks different than the world. Because the Bible says they will know you are my disciples by the way you love one another. Mm. And then if we look at other verses in scripture, like 1 Corinthians 13 that talks about love, it says love is not envious. It does not boast. It is not prideful. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs, you know, on and on and on. And so when we look at the fruit in people's lives, you can oftentimes tell if someone is actually walking in the way of Mm -hmm. the Lord or if they're a nominal Christian or a Pharisee. So why don't you start us off by talking about more of the definition of a Pharisee? Okay. So Isaac and I were just discussing like, what are like the (sighs) symptoms of a Pharisee, mm-hmm. right? And the four biggest words that might be good evaluation target words to think about is someone that is a hypocrite. Like Jesus condemns hypocrites all throughout the New Testament. In Matthew, you see it in chapter six and seven and chapter 23. He over and over again says, woe to you, Pharisees, woe to you, You hypocrites, 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 over and over again. It's actually a really kind of cool study. If you were to like go to your Strong's Concordance, look up hypocrite and see how many times Jesus uses that term in the Bible and and do a study on it. Mm -hmm. That would be a really good thing for parents to do because honestly, our children are learning more from what we model than what we say to them. And we don't want to be the type of parents that say, do as I say, not as I do, because that's the definition of a hypocrite. Right. And you will literally lose all influence with your kids if you are a hypocrite. Kids can smell a hypocrite a mile away. It's a different culture. Just take it back. And, you know, all the CEOs of companies that have been found Mm -hmm. corrupt, not all CEOs are, but many, there's many that have been in the news. People have grown up in the Internet age knowing about all the scandals, all the poor leadership out there. Right. And it's hard to have heroes. One moment a kid has a hero, next moment he's getting arrested for something. Yeah. And so, or she. And so it's Mm -hmm. just a a challenging time to have heroes. And so we encourage you to be a main hero of your kids. Oh, that's really good, Isaac. So hypocrite is one of those four words. Another one is self-righteous. Yeah. So obviously, if you have a self-righteous attitude which we're going to dig into what more of that looks like on the practical sense because we have some scriptures here that give us some insight, like pointing out the log in your brother's eye when you have or so a there's, speck so in So there's log. Um, desire for position over relationship, um, right. power. There's uh, It's really a heart attitude. Yeah. It's legalistic. Uh, there's a pride, which I think you mentioned, and that hypocrisy. So, uh, you know, it's so important. It's it's like Jesus talks about it where, you know, don't be give preference to certain people just because they look better. Well, you might be a Pharisee if you do mm-hmm. that in your life. Yeah, that's right. So the four main ones are legalism, hypocrisy, pride, and self-righteousness. There we go. Because those are the four main things that Jesus defined a Pharisee as, and he warned us not to be like them. So how do you raise one? Well, you, if you if raise you one, one, if you are one, <laughs> so it's kind of like not what we want. <laughs> when people say, Oh, I don't, I don't want to homeschool my kids. Cause I don't want them to be socially awkward. I always say, well, are you socially awkward? Because you're socializing your child to yourself. If you're socially awkward, 
then you're going to raise those oh, really I think awkward so, people. I think social skills are so important. I totally. just like to steer those when they're really young. Yeah. So anyway, let's get back on track. So, you know, it's really important that we recognize that this being a Pharisee hmm. is actually a reflection of a heart attitude. That's right. And so that's why we're talking about this. If you listen to our previous podcast, the one we did last week, where we talked about pride mm -hmm. in depth, we're going to touch on that a little bit more in this because the reality is, is if someone is, is struggling with pride, then they are most likely going to become a Pharisee. And I think a lot of people, the last point on this, and you can do the scripture and we'll yes. go into it, is um, a lot of people know about God, but I don't know that a lot of people know God. Mm. And I think it's easy to become a Pharisee if we just know about God, because we haven't been penetrated right. by the Holy Spirit in a deep relationship with God. And Jesus even recognized that with the Pharisees because he told people to do what they're teaching to do, mm -hmm. but not do what they do. Mm -hmm. There's a difference because the Pharisees did actually devote themselves to sincerely studying the law. And purity. And they were passionate about purity. Um, and those are admirable things, right? But they kind of But the they point. didn't live it out. And so Jesus warns us to observe what they teach, but not do what they do, mm -hmm. which is like a hypocrite. Yeah. Right. And so that's why we don't want to be like Pharisees and we don't want our kids to be like Pharisees. So I'm going to be reading. We're going to read a lot out of Matthew today. We're also going to read some scripture in Colossians, but three or four of the passages are going to be in Matthew. Um, the first one we're going to dive into is in Matthew chapter 23, verse one through five. But to be honest with you guys, I want to exhort you for a moment. We don't have enough time in this 30 minute podcast to read the entire chapter and do an expository preaching through this because there's so many aspects to this concept of not raising Pharisees, but you have to read all of chapter 23 because in it, Jesus not only characterizes the Pharisees, mm -hmm. but he also condemns the actions of the Pharisees. And it's really important that we are aware of what Jesus is condemning so that we don't fall into those pits mm -hmm. ourselves. So it says, then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. This is exactly what I was just saying. He's literally telling them, whatever they tell you to observe, do it. Listen up, guys. It also says here, though, in verse three, it says, but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. Ooh. Really good. For they bind, listen to this, they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. The most dangerous leader is one who won't do what they say because then they'll put too much of a burden on somebody right. if they're not willing to live it themselves. Exactly. And then it says in verse five, but all their works they do to be seen by men. Mm. Oh. And so, you know, it's that whole outward appearance, that Pharisee, and that's where you want to be careful. You don't want to be like dressing up for church on Sunday morning and bickering in the home and then, oh, everything's fine. And there's no repentance, no apology, no reconciliation with any of the kids that you've either offended or they've offended you in the process of getting to church. And then you get to church and you've got your hands raised and you're worshiping the Lord. <laughs> your kids are like, what? Are you kidding me? 
Mm. And then you walk through the door and then what's this? This house is a mess. You know, like talk about Pharisee, right? And so now I, I have to encourage you for a moment because I know that this happens to every family. Well, yeah. This happens to every family. It's happened to us. The enemy does not want you to make it to church. No. And so I just want to encourage you guys that God's grace is bigger than any mistakes that we make. Mm -hmm. But part of that grace requires something from you. You have to be honest and you have to repent. Otherwise, the legacy of continuing that type of lifestyle, that legalistic, let's just get to church, put on a face and get home, will be your legacy. And we are about changing legacies. So we have to be honest. Now, if you're thinking, well, we don't have that problem because we just turn on the TV and we watch it online. I would say, "Uh, fail. That's a fail. (laughs) That's a fail. Okay. Well, that's another episode. Um, But anyways. So, you know, I just want to encourage you guys to that, you know, I mentioned that you need to read all of chapter 23, but there's just a few verses that I'm going to drop here so that you are like hungry for it, right? So you're craving the word of God. Verse 10 says, and do not be called teachers for one capital O, meaning Jesus Christ is your teacher, the Christ, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. He drops the bomb. Mm. Like that's so powerful. He's literally saying, Do not let anyone on earth call you father. There's one father. Do not let anyone on earth call you teacher. There's one teacher, Jesus Christ. Do not like, because the Pharisees were like, call me rabbi. I I care about my title here. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't care about our title. If we do, it's about us. Amen. And that's a problem. And it says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Okay, your turn. She's so attractive when she's intense. I get excited about God's word. All right, I love it. <laughs> We're gonna take just a moment to hear from a family that recently went through the Parenting Mentor Program, and it's really transformed their parenting, and it will transform their future legacy. We're hearing so many powerful testimonials and reviews of people going through the program. You can always go to CourageousParenting.com if you wanna learn more about it. Here they are. Hello, we're Sammy and Natalia Cosa from Orange County, California. And we've been married for almost 10 years and we have three beautiful children, Sayla, who's seven, Audrey, who's five, and Valor, who's one and a half. And we are so beyond thankful for the mentorship we received from Isaac and Angie Tolpin. Yeah, Isaac and Angie, you guys came into our life at just the most perfect time. We were actually um, experiencing a using time in our parenting journey. And in just a few short months under your guidance, under the parenting mentorship program and under your godly examples, we now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind and on, on our hearts. And we are so thankful for the both of you because now we know how we can thrive on our parenting journey. Absolutely. We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for teaching us the model of godly parenting and how we should be so encouraged to be raising our kids in this day and age. We used to fear fear the future, um, and now we are so excited about their future, know that this is the greatest time in history to be alive, and we know that the best days are still ahead, and we're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights 
uh, to be leaders uh, for the next generation. Yeah, and just a couple things that you guys have taught us in the six-week parenting program is that a kingdom-focused legacy is the most important because that's actually why we are here on earth. It's not about our legacy, but it's about God's legacy. And you also taught us that it's hard to do the mundane unless you see the bigger picture and see the grander purpose. And now we have a bigger picture and a grander purpose in raising our children, and we are so beyond thankful for the both of you. Absolutely. We love you guys. Love you guys so much. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, what does it take to know God. I think this is so important because I mentioned know about God or you know um, don't actually know God. Oh yeah. So what does it take to know God? You know, it's so this is and the this thing. Is, I'm sorry, and this isn't just for you listening, but it's yeah. so that you can help your kids know God, right? Or both. Yeah. I think that a lot of Christian parents make the mistake of just assuming that because they know God and their kids are in their home, that their kids will know who God is. Or if they're in ministry, they'll just get swept up in the positive aspects right. of the ministry so they don't have to spend the one-on-one time. Right. And they think, or even they are, let's say they're preaching. And so they're like, oh, I'm leading my family. They're sitting there in the pew. And then they don't actually like read the word to their kids during the week, mm-hmm. during the days. Every day, right? Yeah. And so there isn't a spiritual discipline of getting in the word and wanting to get in the word, wanting to seek God, wanting, like recognizing I can't figure out this big life decision that I have in front of me without his supernatural wisdom. And we're talking about the physical word of God. Now, version app is awesome. I use it, but nothing replaces in your home having a good Bible. And I recommend... By the way, having like a New King James or King James or ESV version, other translations aren't as good. You can go um, to Real Christianity. There's an episode on, I think, Bible translations. Uh, Our friends, Dale and Veronica Partridge. You can Uh go look at that because we're not talking about that right now. But uh, on the why. But you should have a physical Bible because your kids need to see reading the Bible. And we've said this before, but if you're on your phone at home, they don't know if you're Instagramming, if you're texting somebody, if you're doing a little bit of work, mm-hmm. or if you're actually reading the Bible. I want my kids to see every moment I'm reading the Bible if possible, because it's the example part, yeah. right? It's the most important part of like what it takes to help your kids know God. Like this would be part of your action plan is step one, read your Bible in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like the real hardcore Bible, right? Yeah. And and then two would be like to read it to them. Mm-hmm. So you're reading it on your own. You're also reading it to them at a different time. And then when they have a question and you don't know the answer, yeah, you go to get your Bible. Like it needs to be our tool, yeah, our main tool that we re- we go to every week. Like if you accidentally left your car or your Bible in your car, would you be looking for it on Monday morning and frantic like, where's my Bible? Or can it sit in your car all week long? And then Sunday, and then Sunday the you're like, where's my Bible? <laughs> oh, I left it in the car from last week. There might be a problem. Okay, so <laughs> so the word, we have to be passionate about the word. And this isn't just a book. This is a, the living word of God. Mm-hmm. And haven't you ever read the same scripture five times and it continues to grow you? It's so amazing. It really is. It's funny how you read things and you're like, I have read this so many times and I never saw this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just preached on something that I had never seen in Second uh, Timothy. That was, I'm like, wow, when I'm looking at this, this is a whole new way of looking at it. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. But then discussing it. So not just reading the word, but like you got to discuss it with your kids. Yeah. 
so important that you are like bringing it down to their level, using examples from your life. Yeah. Like, for example, you guys, I just used that story of if you leave your Bible in your car and you don't miss it. Yeah. Why do you think I was able to share that? I'm not sharing that to condemn anybody. I'm sharing that because I've walked through a season in my life where that was my reality as a Christian. Happened to me too. And I'm not proud of that. No. And so I just want to make sure that you guys understand. A like, lot of the we things can laugh we about laugh at, stuff. we have dealt with. That's totally. why we can laugh about it. <laughs> yeah. Praise God that we're in a new season and yeah. that's not who we are. But. So discussing it, though, I think people want to probably you just explained it, but they, mm-hmm. they're like, how do I discuss it with my kids? And I, and I know it's so simple, but is there anything more to it? You know, I think asking them what's on their heart and, you know, with little, little kids, even just reading Proverbs or one verse at a time and helping them to memorize it and talk, like asking them specifically, do you know what that word means? Mm-hmm. Do you know what sluggard is? Oh, I'll be, right? I'll be teaching a lot of times and Angie will stop me, which is great. And go, do you guys know what that word means? And half the room doesn't even know what the word means. Yeah. And here I am going. But that's what I mean about yeah. like the modern day Pharisee, right? Like your kids can grow up even like you're reading the Bible to them. But if you don't stop and discuss it and like actually ask your kids those questions, like, do you know what that means? And create a culture where they're like, they're saying, wait a minute, I don't know what that means. And if you don't create a culture where that's okay, then they just tune out. Don't totally. you tune out when you're listening to someone and all of a sudden they say a couple words you don't know and then you get lost? Oh, yeah. And if kids can't understand, then they're not going to pay attention anymore. And then it's like a waste of time anyway. Yeah. Right? So we're talking so, about knowing God, not just knowing about God. Not just knowing that he created everything and, you know. we And saying, oh, yeah, I believe it. But like, okay, so here goes the next level is experiencing mm. God right? We've talked a lot about signature experiences and how as parents, you can actually like not contrive them, but you can include your kids and invite God to be a part of every aspect of your life. And then they're experiencing him. And that's super important, but your kids need to be like, you're helping them to cultivate a relationship with God to where they experience him on a random day. And what's interesting and hard about this one is there's no curriculum for it. Meaning this, you, there's no box for it. There's no like class they can take. There's this is like right. this is either being lived out by the parents because they're experiencing God and they see it and they transforming see it, them, transforming daily. them, and they're inviting their kids and aspects to experience God, right or not. Yeah, you know the best way. So our kids have always asked us like, what does that look like? What does a relationship with God look like? Like I can't see Him. When our kids are younger, you know, like five to nine years old. And one of the best ways that I've described to the kids what it looks like is it's just like a relationship with anybody else. You actually have to put in effort Mm. of getting to know them and what you put in, you get out. So you could even give an example. Have you ever had a relationship that died out? Why did that happen? Yeah, like you didn't spend time with them. Maybe you didn't spend time with them. And how do you spend time with God? You spend time studying his word. You spend time praying. You spend time with him and his body when Mm -hmm. you are collectively in fellowship with the body because that's the body of Christ here on earth Mm -hmm. and Christ is our king, right? And there are so many aspects serving him, right, Um, of ways that you can experience God's presence. But if you're not doing those things that God's word has actually told us to practice, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to experience him. And God's word is so awesome that he actually warns 
all of us against doing each of those things as a hypocrite, which is what we're talking about today. And if you're if you're like, well, I'm just as a parent, I just am having a hard time hearing from God. Well, hey, I've been there. And you know when I'm there Mm -hmm. is when I'm not reading the word. Well, how do we hear from God? Mm -hmm. Right here. Word of God. Yeah. I mean, there's other ways too, but that's a big way. We hear it through other people. Right. And some parents even like, they don't realize that they are putting themselves on a pedestal in their child's life by wanting to be the expert. Mm. Right. That's that self-righteous, like I'm the mom, you come to me, I have all the answers. When in reality, as parents, what we need to be doing is continually just going, oh, no, you came and asked me. I'm so glad you asked me, but I'm going to point you to Jesus. I'm going to point you to God's word. What's great about the humility of that is when you make a mistake, they don't just think hypocrite, even if they don't know what that word means. Okay. But they don't think there's something duplicitous happening. Totally. Because they, they understand, oh, my mom is on a journey. Also, it's cool to be on a journey. Right. That none of us ever arrive at a place where we know it all. And the minute that we do is the minute we're a Pharisee. Because yeah. the Pharisees thought they knew it all. Yep. And they condemned people regularly for that. Yeah. So what do you do, Isaac? What do you do? Um, I think that you you have a scripture, right? Matthew 7, 5. Oh, yeah. We're just diving in here. So Matthew 7, 5 right here. 7, 5. Boy, it took me just too long today. Hypocrite. Is that where we're at? Mm-hmm. 7, 5. Okay. It says, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Wow. When I was a new believer, Mm -hmm. that scripture hit me hard. I became a new believer at age 23. So Mm -hmm. I remember it all clearly. And uh, that is just, it's like, wow. You know, it's interesting about this. One of the terms that we use with our kids over the years is that that whole, like when you're pointing your finger, you have three more pointing back at yourself. Yeah. And that you actually, like we as believers are supposed to be calling out the sin in each other's lives as iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. But we can't humbly receive that if we are prideful. Yeah. And we also can't accurately diagnose other people's hearts if we aren't diagnosing our own and repenting of sin regularly. Yeah. So it's super, super important. How many pastors disqualify themselves from actually obeying God's word regarding even church discipline because of their unrepentant sin? And they think about how, wow, I've sinned in such a great way that their compassion is actually outbalanced in a negative kind of way Misapplied and they think that they're so, yeah they compassion. think they're so full of grace and compassion but the reality is is they're not actually upholding the scriptures and obeying God by holding people accountable and so then that person continues in sin and winds up on the road to hell we've actually seen, we've right. seen that happen uh, I want to read this to first Corinthians 1 19 through 21 I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Mm -hmm. Something that gets in the way of modern day Pharisees and kids is knowledge. Yeah. Making an idol out of knowledge or like, oh, I don't need to. I've read that Bible front to cover. I know it. Check it off. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like (laughs) we were just talking about how many times have we read the scriptures and we every time we're like, whoa. When someone tells me that somebody knows their Bible. It doesn't mean a lot to me because knowing the Bible is good, but Uh living what the Bible says 
is actually a different topic. Is a different thing. <laughs> it's Completely a different, thing. different thing. And so, and and what you do is you look at the fruit to judge that, right? Yeah. Like, and if someone is actually able to obey, like if they have a passion for obeying God's word, yeah, that to me is a sign that they know God's word also. So you've got to make sure you live it out. We've talked about that. You've got to hold kids accountable. And we're going to rest there for a second because it's such a big, important yeah. thing. So a lot of people would ask us, okay, so how do I make sure that my child doesn't become a modern day Pharisee? How do I make sure that they don't become a hypocrite, right? Yeah. Like I screwed up big time. And I was I'm say, listening to this. And I would say, I said this uh, when I was uh, in the message Sunday, but it's uh, you got to your wives, wives listening and husbands listening to your wives are a huge role in this because mm-hmm. in most families, the wives have way more time with the kids and these things need to be caught to be taught in they the do. moment. And this is one of the reasons why, especially when kids are really like really little, if you do not cultivate teachable hearts in them when they're little, it'll be harder when they're older children and when they're teenagers to be able to have that relationship where you can call out sin in them, they receive it and they change. And so it is essential that a mom and and no one can can properly disciple and discipline a child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord like a parent can. It is literally the parent's role. Okay. You mean I can't so, just drop them at youth group and I can't just find a mentor for no. them? No. I mean, and the reality is, is no one loves them like a parent loves them. And so mm. we can be honest about the sin in our child's life because we understand that sin separates them from God and from us or yeah. from whoever they've offended. And so we have an urgency yeah. towards wanting them to be reconciled because we understand that if that sin goes undone, that weed is going to grow yeah, and it's going to become a huger issue. And the, what are the sins that we're talking about? That's going to be hypocrisy, right? Like pride, legalism, caring about outward appearance and not the heart. Like we have to cultivate in our kids honesty, the, not lying. And the enemy of character. this is parental selfishness. And what are we selfish about? Our time. And because of selfishness for time, we don't spend the time to have these conversations. Right. Because it does take time. Like a lot of people think that, you know, you have to have your house looking perfect and all these things. I'm sorry. Like we just moved and our house is chaos, but I have chosen. You've already had three families over. Yeah. And I just tell them, I'm sorry. Like I have, I have eight kids and I, we have to deal with stuff. Like we have to have conversations, good ones and hard ones. Yeah. Like it takes time. And so it may take us a little longer to unpack whatever. That's not eternal. Mm -hmm. The kids are. And so, um, we, we, the the next thing that's super, super important is cultivating that heart of humility, which goes in hand with that whole weeding out the sin thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because humility, like God opposes the proud. We talked about this in length in the Mm -hmm. last podcast. We do not want our kids to be enemies of God. Mm -hmm. We don't. That's not the legacy we want. And so in order for them, what was that last verse that we just read about? How he who humbles himself will be exalted. Mm. We have the ability to humble ourselves. It's an actual heart position towards God. And we have to teach our kids how to do that. Yeah. And the what we want to teach is to be transparent. Right. Vulnerable and honest cuz those are attacking the heart of a mm-hmm. Pharisee. Mm-hmm. There are so many issues that we could dive into. There are scriptures about um where God is literally condemning the hypocrites for like how they fast even. 
right? And yeah. and so it is important that we heed those warnings. Those are the warnings. So that yeah. we're not living those sinful ways, but that also we call it out in our kids. But on, ca- on calling it out, though, you often have said um, you've got to break their will. Not their spirit. Not their spirit. Right. And what does that mean? Well, there's a fine line between breaking the will and breaking the spirit, a really fine line. And you can tell when a child becomes discouraged or disheartened. And God's word warns parents. It says, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged, which is in Colossians 3. We're actually in Colossians 3 today also. But one of the most important things for parents, and this is why you need to study your word really like you need to study your word, because you need to know what God's word says about specific sins and heart issues so that you can properly, biblically label them with a biblical vocabulary. We've talked about this many times. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. That's the first few verses in chapter three, but we're going to focus on verses eight through 10. It says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds Mm -hmm. and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised. And so this is super important. Like there's literally a list right here. Mm -hmm. Be on the lookout for malice, wrath, anger, blasphemy, filthy language, and don't allow it to continue. I just want to say that again. So what do you do in the moment when you're with your kids? If you see any of these things... You need to stop. You need to get face to face with them. Right. And you need to use the accurate words about that sin. That's right. Like if your kids are gossiping, stop it. Say that is gossip, actually. Don't talk about that. We don't gossip. God right. hates gossiping. Right. What are the seven deadly sins? We have talked about this particular proverb multiple times. Let's God find, hates these And things. if you don't know where that is in the Bible and you want to use scripture. Go to a concordance. Or Google scripture on Gossip. <laughs> Boom. Right. Malice, wrath, <laughs> anger, filthy language, right? We I mean, and and so this is the thing too, is that as parents, you have to teach your kids to be aware mm-hmm. of themselves. They have to start learning how to evaluate themselves. That's where humble yourselves before the Lord comes from is evaluating, being transparent, being vulnerable. If you here's a warning. It, it let me ask you a question. If you haven't been able to transparently admit a sin to someone recently, then you're probably a Pharisee. Mm, That could be. Right? Yeah. And also if people must fit in your Christian box, I'm not talking disagreeing on core theology, Mm -mm. but if church looks different or things like that, if they don't fit Mm -hmm. in it and you don't want to be around them, you might be a Pharisee. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of if-thens. We just need to ask ourselves all of those kinds of hard questions and not be afraid of it. Yeah. Recognizing that if we're going to grow, we have to be willing to ask the hard questions. And it's not a just of our kids. It's of ourselves first. And one of the challenges that if you raise kids that become modern-day Pharisees 
well, one, they're not building that relationship with God, but it's often driven by performance versus relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you're a parent that drives performance, gives accolades more for performance mm -hmm. and has a drought in relationship between your kids, actually communicating and talking about things with your kids, then it's likely they will view God the same way, that it's just a performance-driven relationship with God. Which was the issue that the Pharisees had. Yeah. That was what God, one of the things that God was so angry with them was that you do this for man's approval. Yep. And so we, this is essential to not raising Pharisees. And God's word has some more warning warnings for us in Matthew chapter six, where he says um, in verse five, and when you pray, you shall not pray like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Yeah. This is exactly what you're talking about. Then you skip over to verse six. 16 says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. We do. The, the, what, what is the theme here? We do not want to over spiritualize ourselves or focus on appearance so much with our kids. We need to be most concerned with their hearts. Yes. And we need to, when we are like, giving accolades, if you will, it's for the good character qualities. Like, wow, you saw that that kid was sad and you went and encouraged them. I am so encouraged by you. Mm -hmm. Is that an accolade? No, that's acknowledging a character quality in a child and going, that gives God glory. Yeah. That I'm so proud of. Yeah. When you are able to draw attention to and call out mm -hmm. the good godly character qualities in your children, it reinforces those things in them. But you have to be willing to point out the sins that are preventing them from growing that godly character as well. Mm -hmm. So you, warnings too is if your kids just want to show off. Um, be the center of attention. Center of attention. They're right. prideful, uh, self-righteousness. Uh, mm -hmm. They're telling on others when they're usually the person doing the very thing they're telling on people. Or if they are boasting, bragging about anything, right? Yeah. I mean, all of these things are huge warning signs. And to be honest with you, if you start working on this and you're just faithful, mm -hmm. you don't have to be oh, – I, I, don't, I don't want you to feel like you have to go overboard and you're constantly like – you know, the not the sin Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But if you are just faithful with pointing out and being diligent about those things that are holding your child back, but then you're also being faithful to encourage the good character qualities you see in them. And you're faithful in praying with your kids and teaching them those spiritual disciplines of how to have a relationship with God. Yeah. By the time they're 10, you're not really going to have a ton of work to do. And if they're already 10 and you're just getting going, it's never too late. And I just want to totally. encourage you that uh, you might be feeling, wow, my kids have this, my kids have that. I haven't been doing this and this. And you might feel really overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Don't feel overwhelmed. God has grace. He's all powerful and he can work through you with your kids and things can change really fast if mm -hmm. you start being diligent and obeying God. I'm um, mm -hmm. being a parent that is intentional with their kids and doing these things. So yeah. start acknowledging those things. And we really appreciate you joining yeah. us. So one last thing that I just want to get out there yeah. is that 
this is the heart of why we're co- we're covering this topic. Okay. We don't want you to look back on your kids' childhood years and with regret. Yeah. And go, wow, because I was a Pharisee. Now my kids are Pharisees and they don't actually want my influence in my grandkids' lives because they're so overly judgmental of me, Mm. right? Because that's what can happen. That's when you leave a legacy of being a Pharisee. It bites you in such a big way that then you don't have any impact in your grandkids' lives. Mm. And so even if you've changed, like you have to remain in a humble position before the Lord and before your kids, always. Otherwise, it could drastically change your future relationships. And that changes your kids, your grandkids. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.